My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This episode is brought to you by Buyers Agency Australia. It is very satisfying to see clients with, um, with the right guidance and advice walk onto the proper journey and, and create wealth. And that satisfaction is just beyond money, uh, beyond service fee, and beyond everything. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Torrin Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with accountant and property investor David Wu. Learn about one of his best investments, his profitable plans when it comes to building his portfolio, the type of structures you need in place when it comes to property investments and much, much more. Having previously told us about his worst investing moment, Wu now tells us about one of his best investing moments where various components necessary for investing seem to align. It has to be a reason purchase. Um, obviously, I've got shared with you before, um, I recently purchased some land in um, Thornton, in the Hunter Valley area. So that's uh, with the intention to build a duplex and to, to sell. So that has taken some research work and then uh, obviously research is very important. You have done, you have to do a lot of homework. And um, with the help of um, uh, professionals like uh, teamwork, uh, like experts, and also uh, with the guts to uh, able to make the decision and to take calculated risk. So um, all this happened because obviously it started in in, in July, when I start to look at refinancing uh, my my uh, home loan, and then I basically have the opportunity to get uh, help from the finance expert and well get some cash out from the refinance, and then um, obviously have the ability to look around for opportunity, and then at the time um, you know Daniel come along, and then we have always been talking about this um, for a long time, and he have uh, given me this opportunity and then we went up to Hunter a few times and then actually this block of land uh, is not the one that we had planned to look at but suddenly at the time the um, agent said okay this is block of land is available I just come out and I look at it and just fell in love with it straight away because it's a, it's a corner block 
it's good for a duplex. And then I just make the decision to to acquire it. So I think I guess the lesson to learn is you have to have a lot of things aligned, like your research, your the help with uh, you know the the team, like professional who are experts in what they do, and then the timing, the finance, and the ability to make the decision uh, at the same time. And um, now the land has been acquired, settled, and now uh, is in the process of uh, submitting plan to council for the two plans to be built. So I'm quite happy with, with, with this one. He goes on to explain a little more about the piece of land he bought on which he is planning to build a duplex and why it was such a good choice and in investment. The land I purchased is uh, quite good. Um, it's um, In terms of pricing, it's about 241 uh, for a block of uh, 600 square meter. And the good thing about it is the corner block so we can build two duplex. And then and the, it's a fixed price contract, uh, no variation with the builder. And the bill is around the five hundred and um, eighty mark. I think I think all up, including costs and what have you, is looking at around the eight um, the eight hundred mark. Yeah. So um, I'm planning to um, look at the duplex. So do some research. You're looking at selling one duplex at around the um, four sixty to four eighty mark. So roughly uh, in gross term, you're looking at about 120, 150 uplift in 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 the sale. So um, I believe um, duplex is um, good because obviously it's in terms of affordability. If it's house and land, you're looking at more towards the about the 500,000 mark. So for entry, first um, buyer. The 460 to 480 mark will be more affordable. So that's why I, I pitch at that level. When asked about whether he wants to hold on to one or two titles after the completion of the duplex, Wu informs us it will depend on the situation. It will on two titles because duplex is already on two titles. So I can either hold on to one and sell one. It depends on circumstances, depends on 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 whether I want to, I can hold on to that and for long-term investment because if you look at the rent, I was told that you're looking at around the um, 5% yield. So it's not too bad if I want to hold on. And then um, it depends on circumstances because if I use this as a security to do the next, the bank allow, I may as well hold on to that. And then, um, you know, keep on um, doing, uh, building a portfolio. And um, so, depends on the situation. Yeah. Wu tells us about what he plans on doing in regards to building his portfolio, of which there are two parts. Property is supposed to be purchased for long-term hold. And are all things being equal unless there are some, some disaster that's different. So, that's the first point. And second point is, um, I try to diversify into an area where you want to create equity instead of waiting for equity to come. So that's why I um, venture into this uh, buy, uh, land and build uh, project. So basically I can create record, create equity uh, upfront. And also I may look into, uh, the third part is I may look into diversifying into non-residential. Uh, 
like commercial or industrial area, where obviously diversification is a key in investments, whether it's in property or in other asset uh, classes. So you need to diversify. So I'm looking at into um, in that as well. Actually, instantly, my father's um, family company has got one property. Uh, which is uh, non-residential, so it's commercial property. So getting good yield, so we're looking at at least um, 7% yield. Uh, obviously, the capital growth may not be as uh, fantastic as residential, but you just have to balance your your purpose and your aim, whether you want to go for yield or go for growth, and you have to have a balanced portfolio. So in the next um, few years, my aim is to look at uh, the above field, like, if, if there's good op- opportunity for, for buy and hold property, I will look at that and also um, buy and build equity and also into a non-residential um, property. Wu lets us know what separates successful property developers from those who are less successful, informing us some of the most common strategies developers and investors use to create wealth. Most important is obviously to develop a developer um, they have a very, first of all, is important is the profit you make is when you buy, not when you sell. So the site selection is of paramount important because a lot of people, they just um, look at, okay, um, buying the site uh, doesn't really consider whether it's, whether any value can be added to it. So um, most of my property, successful property clients, uh, developer clients, they have to look at they are very picky on the site. They don't overpay, and then they value the, if there is a good site, they will put, put good money on it, and then they know how to um, make add value to that site for, for development purposes. And that need um, knowledge, and that need experience, and that need um, teamwork advice, because that is uh, you know just the same piece of land. You may see it differently from the other, but the one who is successful will look at it. See, they are very creative. They can see, okay, how can you uh, add value to this land, make it make the the GR the growth realization to be, you know, um, five million instead of three millions, so to speak. So, so that's important. And and um, many of them they have also have to have the ability to to take risk. And I mean, development is not a, a not a normal game for them. That they have to have to take risk, but they have to take calculated risk, and they have the experience. Obviously, um, learn from their previous project, and they will take calculated risk to to go into project. I mean, typical clients, uh, the return on property development is 30 percent plus. I mean, our clients, obviously, there will be situation where you have. A, you know, a lower uh, return, but then in, in the main, they're looking at at least that one before before they make it worthwhile. Wow, that's great. That is a very good return, especially if you know that, you know, out of say a million dollars, let's just take for example, there's going to be $300,000 worth of profit. That's more than a year's salary on most people's. And many of our clients, they actually um, do the apartment building, so um, they are bigger scale instead of just um, land and home and land package, and then they just build apartment, uh, not even townhouse apartment, like in the, like, uh, you know, 
100 and uh, 150 apartments. So that's the scale that they're doing. But obviously, there are a lot of you know um, skills, a lot of um, hard work, a lot of uh, headaches involved during the process. The importance of a good structure when it comes to investing is what Wu emphasizes next, as well as the various aspects of property needed to be examined before one can even think about buying anything, from tax to risk. One point I forgot to mention is they also need a good structure to start with. Obviously, um, not only a good, uh, not only good land, they need a good structure because obviously once you got into a wrong structure, then it will be very costly to unravel it, and then you know it will be you know, costing you reducing your profits. So a lot of them they have to um, plan ahead. So many of our clients, the experience before is that they purchase the property in certain such structure and then come to seek our advice. And I told them that's too late because you already, you know, purchased it, you know, set. So what I suggest them is before you even contemplate uh, buying anything, come to have a chat with us and then we can just look at all the issues, the tax, the risk, and also how to distribute the profits in a tax-effective way and how to manage uh, whether you're going to hold or you're going to sell all how to perpetuate your 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 property to the next generation because obviously property gain you or, or assets you you want to create it okay you want to preserve it okay and then you want to perpetuate it because obviously um you are here um for only a certain limited period of time in, in this world you are you can't bring your property portfolio with you uh, when you come to, to the end of your journey. So you have to pass on to the next generation. So that's very important. We always, the first question to ask the client before they even start a project is, what is your exit strategy? What is your exit strategy? What do you want to do? Because if they have different exit strategy, it will affect different structure, different different way of how to, to approach uh, the project. So uh, that's very important. So we are, taking a holistic approach and then obviously not only looking at just uh, profits, we're looking at how to, uh, you know, distribute that profit. And mind you, um, tax is one thing, but you only pay tax when you have profits. So my suggestion to the client is, okay, you pay the right amount of tax, okay, but don't obviously legally, uh, we, we try to make sure that it's the minimum. But then paying some tax is good, Okay, uh, obviously good for the society, good for the government, but we will try our very best to make sure that it is the minimum tax that you are legally uh, allowed to pay. Wu gives us an example of what a good structure can do in terms of profit from investment, as well as what kind of structure is good for passing investments to the next generation. A typical example is the client bought uh, investment property uh, in the name of a company. And then, uh, obviously, they want to buy a whole and for long term, etc. And then the question is, obviously, you buy in a company. Um, the disadvantage is um, when you sell. Okay, um, the company need to pay tax on the profits and the flat rate uh, at the moment, thirty uh, percent. Not only that, and when you sell, um, when you hold property for uh, more than 12 months, the government have got a uh, concession, uh, capital gain tax concession, you can discount your capital gain by 50%. When you hold it in 
structures like individual trust superfund but not in company so if you purchase in company you make a profit say you make a hundred thousand dollar in capital gain you need to pay thirty thousand in tax whereas if you buy in the of a trust or individual when you make hundred thousand in capital gain the taxable portion is only fifty thousand but there's a discount that's only after a year though after years, of, of course, have you? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking at uh, holding for long term, for long term investment, not not for not for um, development. Okay. Yeah. So, and then if you hold it in a profit, um, hold it in a company rather than hold it in a trust, you probably cannot pass the um, company to the next generation without changing um, the shares in the company, or you have to sell the, the property in the company to somebody else. Whereas if you buy in the name of a trust, you can um, pass to the next generation by changing the control of the trust, but not the ownership. So the property is still under the name of the trust, um, still owned by the trust. But um, when you want to pass to the next generation, it's easy, just change control. There's no change of ownership. Yeah, so that way uh, the trust structure is better than the company structure in this example. Wu lets us know if there's a minimum amount of properties developers or investors need before they start thinking about needing different structures or if it's just based on the risk that is involved. It usually depends on, on the risk involved and there's no uh, no minimum amount. Obviously, you have to have, um, to make it worthwhile to have two structures, you have the cost consideration, you, you have to have certain, uh, you know, Maybe as a rule of thumb, if you have you know more than three or four property, then you can consider you know, moving into different structures, especially if you have different class, like um you know one residential and non-residential property. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into the people that have helped David Wu on his property journey. And we usually bounce ideas from each other. So as to because obviously um you you only um uh, have one mind so if you have two minds three minds it's always better than one mind. The best advice he has ever received when it comes to property. That's important because you no matter how smart you are, you are limited. Whether success is more about hard work and intelligence or luck. Once you have hard work and intelligence, then you put your preparation and your um, things together. Then once opportunity come. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 405 074 to get your no obligation free 45 minute strategy call. 
In terms of mentors, Wu tells us about certain people he has sought advice from over the course of his property journey, as well as other sources he seeks advice from. I had a mentor before, but not in the property journey. Um, it's in general for personal development. Um, we used to have a um, uh, group meeting every month to just um, for all the business people to come together to brainstorm to do mastermind session. But then um, the mentor has since moved on to overseas, so we don't have that anymore. Um, but in terms of property, I don't have a mentor as such, but I have um, people who I seek advice from, like the, the team player, the experts like the finance guy, the property guy. And we usually bounce ideas from each other, so as to, because obviously um, you, you only um, uh, have one mind, so if you have two minds, three minds, it's always better than one mind. So that's, uh, I, I get my actually um, mindset from a lot of reading. I read a lot of books uh, for personal developments and also for wealth creation, etc. So I think it's important to feed your mind with positive um, idea and with feed your mind with um, the uh, lessons and journey of other successful people. For Wu, books have played an important part in his property journey and it tells us about some of his favorites. I've got a lot of books that I read, but then the, a few I want to share or recommend is, the first of all is called The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, that's by uh, George Clayson. And that will give um, a lot of people some basic idea of what's, what's wealth creation is like. Then wealth is actually not difficult to create if you know the way to create it. That's that lesson from that book. The second book I would refer or recommend is called Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. And that is a game changer, I tell you. This is a very important and very influential and very book, highly recommend book that I, 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 I read because it is the mindset. In this book, Napoleon Hill basically said, desire is the starting point of all achievement. Not a hope, not a wish. It's just a keen pulsating desire which transcends everything. That's what his that's his quote. So you have that desire to to be rich, then that's more important than anything else. That's, that's, yeah, the third book I want to recommend is Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. So it says, okay, small steps, compound each and every day over time give you big success. So the journey is not how much you get. The, journey, the success is not a result. It is. It happens every day. It doesn't happen in one day. So that's a good book um, uh, to read. So this is the three books I would recommend uh, people to read if they haven't read. The best advice Wu has ever received is a very important one for those to remember who are on a property investing journeys themselves. To get to work with a team to leverage the team's skills and expertise, do not work alone. That's important because you, no matter how smart you are, you are limited. You cannot have, you are not expert in all areas. So to get the advice of other experts and to humble to take the opinion. Okay, there are people who take who who seek advice, but they don't listen to the advice. They are they think they are better than the other expert. But 
the trick is to be humble, uh, to to learn from the advice. He has some personal mindset habits that he follows that has contributed to his success. It is belief, belief in something that will come uh, eventually will be happening. So believe in um, the universe has something in store for you, and also have um, positive thinking. Basically, uh, make sure that to see things, if you like, in a cup half full way than a cup half empty way. So reframe your mindset to look at the good thing of everything, not so much the bad thing of everything. So everything that you look at that you come across. Um, Depends on your mindset, on your, on your, on how how you frame it. There's some positive and negative. Um, why why not look at it from a positive way rather than a negative way? Because the brain is a very funny um, organ. You 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 just it's just guided by what you think. If you think positively, the universe will give you good things. If you keep on thinking in a negative way, uh, oh this doesn't work, that doesn't work, then that's what things will not work. So I'll guess this is um, train your brain to have a mindset that everything's look at it positively, and then the universe will uh, reward you. When it comes to what Wu would tell himself ten years ago, his reply is succinct and relays an important piece of advice: take action, don't procrastinate, and take calculated risk. He also tells us what he's most looking forward to on his property journey in the next five years. Obviously, um, to build equity, um, to create equity, and then um, to build a portfolio that uh, basically allow uh, passive income to come. And in the journey, also we need to look at um, um, what's um, not only myself. We will look at uh, journey with other uh, professional, with other clients. I mean, to create uh, wealth ultimately, because obviously at the end of the day, um, you need something to to rely on when you retire. And this is the passive income that you uh, can have when you build your your property portfolio. Not not a one-day work, it's a long-term work. But as I said before, um, look at the lesson from Slight Edge. You build one brick at a time. You do things one day at a time. Then success it's a daily work. So small little habits, like I think those little, yeah, those little one percenters, you continue to do, and as you continue to build that, it, it leads to great success. And it's so true. It's just consistency. Actually, this is the thing. I mean, it is easy to do and easy not to do. You remember that's the quote from the slight edge work. Yeah. So a lot of things, it is so simple because just people just overlook it. It is easy to do this sort of thing. Easy to save hundred dollars a week, a month, or whatever. But also easy to spend $100 a week. It's just up to you whether you want to do it on that journey, positive way, or the journey. In accounting term, it's both debit. Debit, whether you debit $100 to asset or you debit $100 to expense. It's both a debit, but depending on how you choose it. Wu informs us to whether he believes success is more due to hard work and intelligence or luck. I think luck, as you know, is a lot of people, they define it as when preparation meets opportunity. So I would say um, at least over 90% is due to hard work, intelligence, 
And then um, once you have hard work and intelligence, then you put your preparation and your um, things together. Then once opportunity come, that's luck. So I'll say luck still have probably five to ten percent. Like say for example, uh, you bump into someone which is totally you haven't met before, and that someone may refer you to a deal, and that may be luck. Yeah. But then I'll still think. But you haven't got your preparation. You do. You haven't got your um, mindset to you know talk to these people that you bump into. How can you uh, you know lead to the 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 successful deal ultimately, so I still think hard work, intelligence, uh, account for over ninety percent. Yeah, it depends on how they how, how they define luck and how what's your, what's their perception on and their and their background. Maybe they have come across a lot of lucky thing, uh, the lotto, the, the horses, the Melbourne Cup, this sort of stuff. So luck is a very loosely used term, but then I personally think I mean people can. Or even like people can create luck. Like a lot of people say that I, I don't look for the future. I create my own future. That a lot of people say. For those who would like to contact David Wu, you can do so through the following avenues. You can uh, reach out to me through my uh, email or through uh, the website um, www.richardabob.com.au, or you can just um, give me a call. Uh, we are always welcome to uh, to uh, you know. Um, Share my proper、um, uh, journey, and then give them、uh, the advice、um, in terms of、um, wealth creations. And, and they have you because the, it is very satisfying to see client with、um, with the right guidance and advice walk onto the proper journey and and create wealth. And, and that satisfaction is just beyond money,、uh, beyond service fee, and beyond everything. Thank you to David Wu, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals, or what the best strategy is to build a wealth-generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyers agent. He finds positively geared properties with development potentials, and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405105074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences, whether they're using cards. Apple Pay or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me; 
Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.